you are listening to the Barbara May Show, the place where we discuss all that really matters. We will cover all you need to know about lifestyle, health, spirituality, and plus so much more. Are you ready? Let's dive in. You are listening to episode 11 with Alexandra Winman. Alexandra is a teacher of angels and alchemy, author, and host of The Alexandra Wenman Show. Alexandra used to work as an editor of Prediction, a national holistic magazine. Articles by and about Alexandra have appeared in her Spirit and Destiny, Natural Health, Now, Chat is Fate, and Kindred Spirit magazines. She's an author of collection of poetry poems of precious wisdom and the poetry of light. Before I forget, Alexandra has this amazing new oracle deck coming out called the Archangel Fire Oracle and this deck is going to be released later in April. In this episode, we will talk about angels, who are they and how to connect with them. We will also cover topics such as imposter syndrome, self-doubt and deeper consciousness. Hello Alexandra, welcome to my podcast. My first question for you is what are you grateful for? Oh my goodness, Barbara. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on your show. It's an absolute honor to be here. Oh goodness, I'm grateful for so much. Um, I think the first thing coming to my mind today is though, I'm grateful that I didn't step off my path because I could have done many times. And uh, it you know, if any, for anyone out there that's on a, an awakened path, a spiritual path, it isn't always easy, but it is absolutely the most rewarding thing ever. So I'm very grateful that I have stuck it out and uh, continued to believe in myself. And it's now starting to really spread its wings. So I guess Thank that's you. it. The, the, the thing at the foremost of my mind. Thank you so much for sharing that. No, it's it's totally it's so important, isn't it? Because we get on this path and we just get so excited. Things are happening, and then one thing goes wrong, and we kind of move away from it, and and suddenly the things are not falling into one another. Yeah, and self doubt can play a huge part in that. There's so many different factors that can come in, especially when you're actively going into you know your subconscious and healing yourself and moving through. You know, when we strive for success, you know, all those little blocks sort of come up for us to move through. And it's really a test of your resilience, I think. But I do believe that, you know, with, uh, with self-belief and determination and courage, you can move through anything. And, you know, also, I, I obviously, I have a lot of celestial help. So it's really great that you've got your uh, angelic team that you can call upon to help you through any obstacles as well. What are your thoughts on imposter syndrome? Because I think that's what people struggle with the most, especially people who are on a spiritual path. There is always this imposter syndrome. Oh, golly. I, I have had so much around this come up in my own life, both, uh, both from myself, because, I mean, I was talking to someone else in an interview about this kind of thing last night. It's very common because we live in a world where everyone's expected to follow the leader and it's geared around competition and who's better at X, Y, and Z. And now we're, we're changing as we come into this age, age of Aquarius, we're realizing that actually no two of us are the same. There's no band-aid solution for everybody. And we're not all supposed to be doing the same thing either. We're supposed to be pursuing our own beautiful desires, aligning to our soul purpose. 
and living out the most unique aspect of ourselves within this lifetime. And that is reaching our divinity, really reaching our, our true core essence and our, our purest soul self. And so, you know, this imposter syndrome, though, can come up because society has geared us towards believing that we're not good enough. If you're like me and you were raised a Catholic, you'll be feeling guilty just for being born, <laughs> really, <laughs> on many levels. Um, so there can be almost as you as you start out, especially if you're starting out as somebody who's a who's a spiritual teacher, a leader, a coach, whatever, someone in this this field or any field, there can be a, a temptation to try to either copy or emulate or make yourself similar to somebody else. And actually, I found when I, whenever I've, and I'm not one that usually competes with others, I tend to compete with myself, you know, I compete with how I was previously. But anytime I was tempted to kind of look at what someone else is doing and not feel good enough because I wasn't doing what they were doing, it did me a great disservice and it would create a kind of a, a feeling of low value, no self-worth, depression. And then when I, when I really decided to let go of that and go, do you know what? I mean, what I do, I mean, I, angels are my bag, but I do a lot besides. And a lot of people might say that I'm a bit out there. And that's why my little slogan on my website is bringing the out there in here. I was terrified of actually being seen, of coming out of the spiritual closet. And even though I was out here doing my work, I was still trying to keep myself small and hold myself back and not fully talk about the topics that I love to talk about particularly angels, because when you say you believe in angels, a lot of people just look at you like, hello, are you crazy? Um, but you know, when you do work with them, you build your own relationship with them and it's irrefutable. So when I decided to let go of all that fear and I didn't just let go of it, it wasn't an easy overnight thing. I did the work, I was doing loads of work on myself. I was looking at all my, all my subconscious programming and everything. And then, you know, recently I've been through some big, big challenges, but actually those challenges have served to make me believe in myself even more and become my own cheerleader. And so now I'm like, well, I don't, I, I think I've really overcome those fears and that imposter syndrome because now I'm really teaching my work in its own unique way. And the way I teach about angels is very unique. I mean, I haven't seen another Oracle deck. It's 1010 as I say this as well. I love the alignment. I haven't seen another Oracle deck at all like mine. I mean, mine, uh, it, I wanted to bring the depth. I didn't want it to just be a, a divination tool. I wanted it to be a healing tool for people. So while with the cards, you do get a message for each angel. The idea is that this is an alchemical process. It's a healing uh, tool. And so when you work with each angel in the deck, it's the archangels specifically, you are the, the idea is that you embody their qualities you become an angel on the earth you know we say earth angels but it really is about bringing those core teachings and principles from the angelic kingdom and walking your talk in in real life so i've had to go through every single initiation in this deck myself to almost prepare me to bring this work through and that's been a 10 year 11 year birth for this card deck to come through it's so, so funny to overcome imposter syndrome in a big way basically <laughs> it's so funny that you said 11 11 cards isn't it? well 11 years because it's like a false journey right so it's like yes, your, absolutely. Own, it's your own angelic angelic false journey isn't it and then you have reached the the number 11 <laughs> that's it and that's the way i've set the deck up so you can either start at card number one which is the black ray they follow the rainbow rays of the ascension so you can start at card number one 
And the black ray actually talks about the shadow side, the dark nights of the soul that you can go through, the difficulty, but then also the black light is the nourishing. It, it contains all the colors of the rainbow. It's the dark mother energy. It's the womb space. It's the place of creation and birth. And so you follow that up through the red, the russet, the red, the orange, the yellow, the, all the way through the rainbow rays until you get to the diamond ray. And so you can do it card by card over a number of 40 days or 40 weeks, the old 40 days and 40 nights initiation proverb. Um, or you can shuffle the deck and pull a card at random. And there's like, I, I think I've put like seven different spreads or something in the back of the thing, but you can just do it intuitively as well. But as you work with each card, there's a, a symbol, like a, a, an alchemical sigil that each angel has as well. And if you focus on and just meditate on that sigil, you will be imbued with the angel's energies without even needing to go through the, the actual book. And then on the back of the cards is a sigil wheel, which has all 40 of the archangels plus a sigil for all, all of them combined. So it, it's, there's a multi-layered approach to this deck. And I did that because we are multi-layered. We are multi-dimensional in our true nature, our consciousness. We're not, you know, we think that we're just these physical beings, but actually our, we have a human mind and then we have a divine mind. And so it's about bridging you into your genius, really, your, your genius, your, your wisdom, the memory of who you are as a soul so that you can really, really start to put your hands on the steering wheel of your life and steer it in the direction of your dreams, really. To create your, your heaven on earth really is the whole point. That is so interesting. I love, especially when you were talking about how you came out of a spiritual closet and how you kind of came out from your own self and like to show yourself to world. And it didn't stop. You know, when I started doing a podcast, everyone went, everyone went quiet. It was so funny. Literally, like I posted something because I was so scared. You know, um, English is not my first language. What are people going to think of me? And um, the interviews, do I make any sense? What am I talking about? Who's going to be listening to me? So I put the podcast out and every single person went quiet. Nobody's, <laughs> nobody said to me, oh, are you doing well? You know, everything is working out for you. This is fantastic. Well done on your hard work. Everyone just literally went so quiet. And I just kept going and, and I love it so much. So, and I feel like, I feel like I'm doing something what I'm supposed to do. You know, I'm using my voice to kind of, um, create a platform for people like you and anyway I'm just it's got very excited here about Barbara. this <laughs> that's that's typical of one of those tests isn't it that the universe throws us it's are you going to are you going to be determined to you know are you going to walk your talk or are you going to let everyone else's opinions and viewpoints knock you off your path knock you off your perch and you are in, in creating your podcast and doing your work, you're following your purpose, you're following your joy. And I find that, you know, within our society, people can get quite threatened when you're living your joy and walking your talk. And especially if you're succeeding at it, I found that people can get quite competitive and quite tricky. But the more that we say yes to ourselves and we don't let people knock us off our perch, eventually the people that are challenging you do they move out of your life and then the ones come in that will lift you and support you because they feel inspired by you and they get it and then they're inspired to follow their own path and to create their own create from their own core value system and their own core desires and I've got to say your voice is amazing and we had a conversation about this before we started recording didn't we I love your accent it's beautiful and I can hear the Aussie the Aussie coming through <laughs> thank you let's talk angels 
So my first question is, and this is what I need to ask before we dive into the topic. Can you share your journey with angels? How did you discover them? It's a long journey. Uh, try and keep it very brief. But I've seen angels for as long as I can remember. I was I basically died at birth. My mother was told she was giving birth to a stillborn. And uh, I was actually... Birth- I got goosebumps. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally. So my birth was very traumatic. My mother nearly died. I nearly died. I was high forceped out and I was resuscitated actually by my dad's best friend. My dad's a doctor and his best friend was the anesthetist who was on hand in case they they needed to rush mum in for a cesarean. My mother was tiny. She was a size six and I was about a 10 pound baby. So you can imagine I got stuck. It was horrific. Uh, But I believe that I came into this world with one foot in this world and one foot in the beyond. And I have always seen, I'm very, very, very super clairvoyant. Um, I'm cognizant as well, which means I just know stuff and I hear. And as a child, I, I saw the whole world as pure consciousness. So I was able to speak to the, the consciousness of plants and trees and animals and insects. And, I, and I've reawakened that ability now. I mean, the schooling system and church and everything kind of systematically shut all that down in me. And I was told I just had a vivid imagination. But I remember as a child, I used to suffer from sleep paralysis and I would get night terrors and things. And I would see light, but I would also see the dark stuff too. It's a, it's a very, we live in a very dualistic world. And Rather than being scared of it, I always, mum, because mum was Catholic, she taught me this Catholic prayer. And it was just a simple prayer to your guardian angel. So whenever I would get these night terrors and this paralysis where I would literally feel pinned to the bed, I would say the, the angel prayer and these, it would all lift instantly. The minute you call on the light, it, it, it just lifts. And these huge arcs of light that looked like cathedrals of light would come into the room. Now, I grew up in rural Australia where there are no streetlights. It's so dark, you cannot see your hand in front of your face. And the only light, the only light around for miles is starlight. And I now know that the angels, they travel by light. And so if there's even the tiniest point of light in a room, they will use that and they can amplify that to create more light. I had another experience in Egypt many years later in 2012 after I'd started channeling these incredible intergalactic, interdimensional angels, something I'd never seen before. And I woke up in the middle of the night and at the foot of my bed was this huge beach ball sized red orb. And it was with my eyes open, pitch black room, didn't know where the light was coming from. And this orb was sitting at the foot of my bed and it looked like it was breathing. It was actually moving and pulsing. And it was alive and it was like this living light. And I was blinking and rubbing my eyes and pinching myself and going, am I awake? What's going on here? And the orb started speaking to me and it was a collective of angelic voices. And these were angels, obviously, that I'd never seen before. And they basically said, yeah, we, we exist in the in-between realms, in the celestial realms, in the, in the cosmology of the stars. And because of where humanity is right now, the, our level of consciousness we we can access you and you can access us so these are ones that i'm currently writing about but as a child when it started like that it was just a natural part of my life but obviously i shut it down then i moved to london at 21 
and oh, I was 14 actually when I had a big visitation and I sent them away and I said, oh, no, I'm not ready because it was all the ancestors. And I was like, I don't want to see dead people go away. <laughs> but when I was 21, another seven years later, they always come in cycles. Um, I awakened massively. I moved to London, went into a very deep depression. Two years after living here, I went for my first visit home to Australia and I told my mom how low I was and I didn't know that obviously I'd stepped into all the heavy London energy and all my ancestral stuff had come to the surface for me to clear um, but I just thought I was depressed and my mother just simply said to me have you asked your angels for help and previously I would have looked at her and gone you know I was doing my best to try and be a normal human you know fit in pretend I wasn't that's the imposter syndrome right pretend you're not spiritual pretend you're not different uh, you know, previously I would have thought, oh God, here we go again, mum's just being a nutcase. But on this one particular day, I was at such rock bottom that when she said that, something opened in me. And so this call went out silently within me from my heart. And I said, okay, angels, if you really are there, because I had memories of childhood, but I'd sort of compartmentalized them. But I said, if you really are there, I need evidence. I need, I need to know. I need to see you. I need to feel you. I need to hear you. I need it to be irrefutable. And I need help. I really can't go on like this. I now know that I was depressed because I'd shut down that whole part of myself. I couldn't exist without it. It was, it was who I was. Um, but the angels started showing up. And from that day forward, I started seeing every time I'd look up, there would be the word angel in my vision, like signs from the universe on T-shirts, on billboards, on, you know, people would be called angel. There'd be like announcements in the supermarket. Would angel come to the cash register? I couldn't, literally couldn't avoid it. And then in 2008, after all this seeking and exploring, and I tried different types of therapy as well to help, it was the angels guided me to a, a, a spiritual healing workshop and I was actually given it as a scholarship. I won this workshop. I ended up going to it to train as a, a, a holistic therapist. And there was only a tiny little uh, segment on the angels in that workshop. And that was the reason I was there. The rest of the course didn't, was it by the by really, but the reason I was there was for this one moment. And it was probably on about the second day. And they said, oh, we're gonna pair up and do some angel readings. And it was the single most phenomenal experience I think I've ever had in my life. And I've had many more since, but this was the biggest one that I'd had in at the start of this real opening and angels became irrefutable to me, to me then because I closed my eyes to tune in, to give this girl sitting opposite me, just a little angel reading, just thinking, Oh, I might get a, a word or a message. I closed my eyes, I dropped my awareness into my heart and the whole world disappeared. Or shall I say the whole world as I knew it disappeared. And this massive opening happened and the colors, it was like I put my finger in an electrical socket of pure love energy. And the rush of the love energy was just off the scale. My whole body was, was quivering with this energy. And all I could see was like, I was bigger than the universe. I could see the whole cosmos, the whole world as I knew it just dropped away and became all of the universe in one flash. And this huge angel, this huge being stepped into my energy field. So it was like we merged. 
and I became him and he became me and we were one in the same. But it was weird. It was very multidimensional, very, very holographic. I could see him as though I was looking at him, but then I could see him from every angle. And then it was like I was him. There was no separation. And this being was gold. He was angelic. I could see the big wings of light, but he looked like a big robot. He was all geometric shapes. He was, he was geometry. And I, you know, I'd be, I'd knew about Michael and Gabriel and Raphael and all the traditional angels and archangels, but I'd never heard of this being to my knowledge before. And I remembered when I'd spoken to my mom about, you know, our gifts, because she's very psychic as well. She used to say, always ask who's with you and make sure it's there for the right reason. You make sure it's good. Well, I knew it was good because the love was just incredible. Uh, but I said, who are you? You know, who, what is this? You know, you look like a huge, big robot. This is the weirdest thing I've ever seen. You're not, you're not at all what I expected an angel to be. And this voice came out of the heavens. It's like the voice boomed. It was this like the voice of God almost. And this voice went, I am Metatron. And this voice, and I was laughing because I thought, you're like a angelic transformer. You're an angelic robot. This is the, not, you're like Megatron. I was like, this is just ridiculous because I loved transformers when I was a kid. And then I literally, I, I literally was just laughing. And then he showed me his cube, the Metatron cube, and he brought it down through my energy field. Was clear. I'd never seen it before in this life. Was clearing all my chakras. Everything was aligning. I went through this massive healing process. Now, this was all probably, Barbara, in about the time of about 10 minutes max, but it felt like an infinity. It felt like an eternity. I felt like I was gone for, for centuries. And I think that probably what happened was a huge Kundalini awakening and crown chakra opening all at once. And by the time I came back into my body and sort of earthed myself, this was a room of 50 people on this workshop. This other angel healer who was assisting on the workshop had come from the other side of the room. She'd seen the whole thing happen. She came up to me, she grabbed me and she went, you're going to work with the angels. You have to work with the angels. They pushed me here. They've told me you, you are the one. You have to do this. You're the one I'm here for because she was just assisting and she didn't know, you know, why she was specifically there, but she had to deliver this message. As she delivered this message, she said, you're going to write books about them. This is, this is your purpose. And we both looked down at the same time and between our feet was this massive white angel feather. And you cannot make this stuff up. It was a corporate like a, it was in a hotel, in a conference center. Where did this feather come from? We still don't know to this day. It was as though it had materialized. So from then on, I had um, another, I've had another few massive experiences with, uh, with Michael. I had an experience in St. Mary's Cathedral in Sydney, which you'll probably be aware of, um, of the same ilk where I vanished and he was me and I was him, we merged. Um, Raphael in a healing workshop sat down in my energy field and taught me how to just do straight channeled healing which is now a system I call Archangel Healing that um, I've just had certified by the Complementary Medical Association so I'm about to start teaching my version of how to work with angels and I'm writing a book about the science of it as well and the geometry the sacred geometry and the links between science and spirituality because that meeting with Metatron really sparked this this um, mission within me to really prove the existence of angels you know not for anyone else but for myself really I don't need to prove it I think you get the proof yourself but to me I want to share this is 
you know, the science of creation, of the creation of our world is angelic and they have been communicating with humans for eons. They taught us how to build those megalithic structures and to know the, the celestial um, cycles. Mathematics is, is the answer to angels. It's fascinating. So then I had experience with a, an, an archangel who's in my deck by the name of Adnakiel. And Adnakiel is the pioneer. He teaches us to step beyond our comfort zone and really become these way showers and, and step into the unfamiliar and the unknown, but with an excitement rather than a fear. And uh, also a being called Lord Melchizedek, who's also in the deck. And he basically told me that uh, this was on the bus to work. I was on a double-decker bus going to work as a journalist at a celebrity gossip magazine called Now Magazine. And I just closed my eyes to meditate. And this huge being and the same thing, the whole world disappeared. And this huge big wizard-like being with all this violet rainbow and gold light and a beard of cloud and planets orbiting his head. This is how big he was. The planets were orbiting his head. It sounds crazy. It sounds like I was on an ayahuasca trip. <laughs> I've never done plant medicine. I've never, I've never needed to because I have these incredible, fully embodied waking visions with these beings. And they are real. They are real. And they exist in the realm of our consciousness. They exist. They are not physical as such, but they can they can merge with our bodies and then they become more physical and they are basically the bridge between us and God. And God is not separate from us. God is available to us. It is the essence of unconditional love that permeates this whole universe. And I think in our modern day religions, we've got it very, very wrong. This idea of a, a God being nasty, wrathful, angry God is completely off the mark as far as I'm concerned. I think that is a human construct because we, the angels want to work with humans because they recognize the divine spark within us. They see us as God. They're like, you know, oh my God, make way for the, make, make way for the divine when they see us coming. So it's been an incredible, incredible journey. And then obviously I, um, they also guided me from that job at Now Magazine. Pretty soon when I'd started to open up to the angels, they got me a job at Prediction Magazine. I became the editor at Prediction Magazine. It was all very lined up. It opened very easily. I was there for four years, but then after four years, and I wrote a column called Archangel Alchemy, which is now my Archangel Fire Oracle deck. That's, that's where it all burst from. Melchizedek was the first one I wrote about and that experience. And then the magazine unceremoniously collapsed in 2013. And um, sh shortly before that, I had channeled another healing system called Precious Wisdom Alchemy, which is all about the sacred geometry and the technology of the angels, which aligns you to your divinity. And I'm very aware that all of this sounds very uh, out there and quite cosmic, but essentially it's science, it's mathematics, it's science, and it's the it's basically the pattern of creation that we all are aligned with. It, it's, it's part of our divine purpose to remember our, our divinity because life exists in cycles. It's born, it learns, and eventually it dies away. But we don't ever cease to exist. We go on beyond this realm, into other realms beyond. And I think because of my birth, I remember many of my other lifetimes. I have spontaneous past life memory um, without the need for regression or anything else. And I can see, I know the model of the universe. It's like I remember it. I can see it. 
and I see this world as being a little bit like a game. It is a bit like the Matrix, but it's not so scary. It's not, I don't see it as like a prison planet or anything. I see it as a, a beautiful, fun game that if you're willing and if you want to turn towards your heart, that you can find your way through any obstacle uh, once you know that the answer is always within. And that's what the angels come to teach us. We are essentially the angels in human form. So I hope that wasn't too out there for you, but it is, it's, to me, it's just, it spurred me on. And you can see why I had imposter syndrome, trying to talk about some of these concepts to people and fit it into a, a more palatable human little box of angels are just these fluffy beings with little white wings. Well, they're not, they're power, they're powerful. They are the power of love. If you're not on your path too, they will kick you up the butt to get you on your path. And they've done that to me many times. So it's beautiful. It's extraordinary. And once you start working with them, you won't regret it. There's so many gifts, so many gifts. And it just goes on and on and on. So I'll stop rambling now. I wanted to touch up on two things, what you mentioned. One is um, we, you talked about the religion. I think um, um, religion is there to control. I don't know if you agree with that, but I it's do. kind of, there yeah. is, there is all sorts of controlling competition and all that kind of stuff. Like don't go too high. Don't step out of your comfort zone. Just make sure you are fitting with a society. So I think that is a huge problem, but I don't think we need to talk about that right now. Let's not go down that road. <laughs> Let's not go down. Barbara. <laughs> yeah. um, but the other thing, what I wanted to tell you is that when I lived in Sydney, um, I think I was about, um, I wasn't 18 years old. I was about 17 I struggled so badly. I um, couldn't get a job because I wasn't 18 years old. So I wasn't able to serve alcohol um, at the restaurants, pubs. Um, I couldn't work. Australia is very strict, as you know, when it comes to those things. So it's a nanny I, state, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, I could I could do cleaning jobs, cleaning offices, 4 a.m. in the morning. Anyway, it was it was a struggle. And my friend said to me, he says, oh, I got a friend. She does the Reiki. He says, come over to her. And like, she kind of sort you out. So I don't even, I don't even remember if actually, if I had a house, I think I was just like sleeping on a friend's couches because it was, it was really that bad. Um, and, and I got there and she said to me, she says, you okay? And I was like, yeah, you know, this, this is what I struggle with. And so please just help me. And she said to me exactly the same sentence, what you had from your mom. Why don't you ask angels for help? Yes. I don't know exactly the same thing and I'm just thinking and I didn't even think about it and, and she, said to me, she said listen he says God is too busy he's doing things all over the place you know like everyone's asking him he says just ask the angels I asked the angels and I swear to God I next morning have received a phone call from a friend who said to me um there was this function center called Dalton House um on a Darling Harbour in in Sydney and he said he said, we need people. We need people. We're running like loads of weddings. Do you want to take the job? And I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> so I, so I started working in Dalton house um, and um, like, um, yeah, doing all these functions and all that kind of stuff and everything just kind of synced in. Then my another friend said to me, oh, he says, do you want to go and, and do this? And do you want to do that? And I had like four different jobs, different times spread out. And I was able to pay for, um, for my rent and able to travel and all that kind of stuff. And that is all because of the angels. And I have built up this very strong connection. I was really into Dorian Virtue, obviously not now because she mm -hmm. is somewhere else at the moment, but back, back then, yeah, moved away from it. But she wrote incredible books mm -hmm. and I feel very connected. 
to it. So I started discovering angels and I started asking for angels. If I met a man and I really wanted to go out on a date with him, I said, angels, <laughs> yes, tell him to text me. And suddenly I got the text from it and it was so, 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 so powerful to the point that I got a tattoo on my body saying angels are everywhere because they are everywhere. So I just strongly resonate with everything what you said. Absolutely. And I love it. You know, you're so familiar to me. It's ridiculous. It feels like a meeting of of soul, like old soul friends here. I really do. It's like we keep we're we're all we're all re-meeting each other in this lifetime, I think. Absolutely. Absolutely agree with you. Totally. So for the listeners who are not familiar with angels, they probably wonder who are the angels? Who are they? Are they ghosts? Are they uh, guides? Are they these beings with those beautiful wings? Who are they? First of all, they're different from spirit. They're not, they're not, uh, angels are not people who have died and passed over. Angels, um, it's not like they have human life, like we have human life here. They exist in the realm between the material and the immaterial. So they really are the bridge to the divine and we can access that through our imagination. You know, you'll be told it's just your imagination, but actually your imagination is the doorway. Love is the frequency that they operate on, divine love. And so when you open your heart and you you call out for help, they are there. They're always there. But the thing with angels is, you know, unlike humans, they don't have what we call free will. They're here. They exist purely purely to serve humans purely to be there as our guides and our guardians and you don't always have to ask them for help either like you know it you they they do say you must ask them for help or they won't but there are times where you can have an angelic intervention and it used to be um, back in the day that it had to be a life or death situation for there to be an angelic intervention but actually the way that um, humanity is evolving now and the, the fact that we do need more help there are huge angelic interventions going on left right and center in people's everyday lives now I want to speak a little bit about the pandemic here because a lot of people are in a lot of fear around this coronavirus, um, and obviously, and rightly so, lots of people have died. There's been a lot of suffering. There's been a lot of, ah, uh, oh, what can we say? There's been a lot of despair and a lot of fear come up because of it. But what the angels tell me is that this is a huge angelic intervention where we as a collective, as a humanity, have been heading down the wrong path. We have been abusing our earth. We've forgotten our spirituality. And in many ways, you know, when I went into a deep, dark depression, when I forgot my spirituality and tried to shut myself off from it, this has happened to humanity. We've become disconnected from ourselves. We've become disconnected from the bigger picture. And we're living these very materialistic, shallow lives that aren't going to bring us our true desires, which is love at its essence. So this huge um, awakening that many mystics, I mean, we've known it's been coming for a long time, right, Barbara? We've heard, we didn't know it was going to be in the form of a virus as such, but we knew that there was a huge change coming. And in 2019, I was traveling home from my office in Victoria on the tube. And it was around the time there'd been a spate of terror attacks. It was all a bit worrying. And as I was sitting on the tube, I felt these huge, big indigo, blue, purple throne angels. The thrones are one of the choirs of angels. 
And these were huge angels, big protective angelic forces. And I was just sitting on the tube. And I think I was reading or something at the time. And they came in very suddenly. And when I described it to people in the days afterwards, and even like as, as late as January 2020, well before the pandemic had hit, well before they were even using the term lockdown. But I said to my friends, oh my God, I had all this protection come around me on the tube the other day. And it was like being put into a lockdown, right? I was using that word. And they literally locked my energy field. It was like the, the protection around me was so powerful. And again, I had one of these very physical experiences of, an, of the angels. They weren't quite standing in my energy field, but their energy was in my energy field. And I said to them, oh, my God, why are you here? Please tell me there's not going to be a terror attack because I'm on the tube. And why the protection? This is crazy. <laughs> and I was freaking out a little bit. And I was like, what are you here for? And they went, don't worry, beloved. We're putting this protection around everybody. It is about to be the changing of the guard on your planet. And I went, okay, what does the changing of the guard mean, right? And they said, those in their integrity will be lifted. Those who have been abusing their power are about to be taken out of their positions of power. And the process is beginning now. And I knew it with every fiber of my being that it was a truth. Now, I don't go into the rabbit holes of the conspiracy theories. I stay at that angelic level and I I watch what's going on on the 3D plane and I, and I refuse to go into fear about it because we're going to see a lot of darkness and a lot of um, abusive power being revealed to us. We've already seen it with Trump and with all this stuff going on Brexit. We've seen that there's dodginess afoot, um, but now we're going to see even more of it being exposed. And you might even find, especially if you're a light worker or a healer or if you're on an awakened path, that you'll be going through your own uh small experience of this your own personal experience of having to stand in your power and in your integrity and say no to greed and no to bullying and no to abuse and we've been taught for too long that being kind means being weak and it does not mean being weak being kind and being good means being in your integrity and your truth and it's absolutely okay to use your anger to say no to something you don't agree with so we're going to see a lot more of this on the planet but the coronavirus corona is a crown it's a halo it's angelic and you can choose to see it as a positive thing as a halo and as a positive force for good we've been forced into our homes which has forced us to go within into our hearts which is where the answers lie or you can choose to see it as a crown of thorns as a, a as a as a negative thing as something that's a punishment in many ways it's a little bit of both but i see it as there was a need, a desperate need for change, rapid change on this planet. And this is what it has forced us to do. And yes, you will see sticky stuff coming to the surface. We're going to see how the people in authority have, have been abusing that power, really abusing people. And, you know, again, I'm not going to go into specifics, but you'll know in your heart, this is where we're, we need to connect to our own truth and really start to question Who's been running the show here and why? And who's running the show in your life? You know, are you, are you uh, aligned to your own inner divine authority or are you just following the leader? You know, are you going along with things just to, just to avoid conflict? Are you, are you going along with things that you don't agree with? What's your truth? Humans have been taught to lie. 
we lie to ourselves, we lie to each other. You know, those days where you feel rubbish and someone says, how are you? And you go, I'm great, thanks. But you actually feel horrible inside. That's another um, topic which we can, which we sorry, can. Sorry, I am going now <laughs> off on a tangent. <laughs> No, it's 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 all about harmony, isn't it? it it's absolutely it, we we have been as a society on this world, we have reached the stage of complete disharmony. Yeah. And 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 I, I completely agree with you. Everything, every, every single thing what you what you said. I think it was about 2017. I keep saying to uh, my husband all the time, I said to him, I said, be careful, it's so funny that you said about this terror attack. He was going on a tube and I said to him, I just feel something's going to happen. I just felt, but I don't know what it was. So mm. I don't know if it was another world war, if it was um, a huge explosion or a meteorite. Or, I just didn't know. And I keep saying to him, just be careful. And he a couple of times to me said, oh, I had to get off the tube and I jumped on a different tube. It's so funny that we are kind of relating it to a terror attack because it is a attack, but not as such a negative thing, if yeah. that makes sense. But we have been attacked by this. And of course, when you're talking about to bless the virus, though, yeah. we, we mustn't be afraid of her. And I call her her because I feel she's feminine. Uh, she's a queen, you know, and it's that destroyer force of the, the, dark, the dark mother energy, you know, that it's the end of one cycle and the beginning of another. And in many ways, it is like a collective death and rebirth. So there's a, a lot of portals open for a lot of people to leave the earth. But essentially, if you've chosen to stay, you're going to go through rapid transformation yeah sorry Barbara come back to what you were saying um, um no 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 I was just I just want to say that those changes which are happening in your life and everybody's kind of noticing it because exactly what you said we have been kind of forced to go into our houses yeah. and even like so many people been decluttering do you know what I mean just like it is it is natural you kind of do what you have in front of your eyes and you're trying to kind of process all of it and trying to make yourself feel better um, those changes are very intense yeah. um, when you're talking about the kindness when you were talking about the speaking your truth and all that kind of stuff and it's a self-development but anyway let's not go into that rabbit hole but um <laughs> it's very easy to kind of we kind of already have haven't we yes. <laughs> so i just felt that something is going to happen and, and then it happened. And it's quite interesting to see, you know, I know there is loads of sadness and so many people um, and so many souls have left. But I, I don't know why I'm looking at this and please don't be angry at me, whoever is listening. But this is how I feel. I feel there are so many soul, souls and they have chosen to leave. That's, yeah. and that's how I look at it. And I just yeah. feel there are so many souls out there and I'm repeating, repeating this again. They have chosen to leave so many souls are leaving they can help from the other side you know many yeah. are needed on the other side because we need more guides we need more people who can see the whole picture there are so many people that bless them you know that that have chosen to leave and you get there's a lot of people as well who may have not been able to cope in the energies that we're in now to to cope with everything that's going on a lot of people, you know, they've had a nice life and they've come to the end of their life and they've stepped beyond the veil. I never see death as a negative thing. Death is part of life. We've been taught to fear death. You know, from the moment we're born, we're taught to fear death. We're taught to fear the end. But it's not the end. The soul goes on. And in many ways, it's the completion of one cycle and the beginning of the next. And, you know, when viewed from spirit, when viewed from the other side, 
death is a birth. It's a huge celebration. It's a homecoming. You're going home to your soul family. You're going home to, to who you are and you get to see your whole life review and you get to see everything. And I've, I've interviewed Dr. Raymond Moody and Dr. Eben Alexander about their near-death experiences. Obviously, I had my near-death experience at birth, so I have all the memory of that. I even remember why I didn't want to be born. I tried to climb back out. I was turned around the wrong way. <laughs> it's ridiculous. But we there's so much in the beyond. You know, the ancient Egyptians used to have they would they would do initiations to train themselves for that death process, they would they would know the way home so that when they died, they would know their way home to their own soul energy so they wouldn't get stuck anywhere. And this is the problem with, um, I believe, like our limited view of death and dying is that some of the work that I also do is as a soul midwife to help souls pass fully and properly to the other side because the souls can get stuck. There's many different levels and they can get stuck. They can get stuck on the earth plane. If they don't believe that there's something on the other side, they go to where they believe exists. So imagine if you don't believe in anything. There was a guy who was an atheist and not to discount atheism at all. It's, it's a person's choice. But this guy wrote a book about his near-death experience. He was an atheist. And when he went into his death, he had a, I think he was bitten by a jellyfish on a surfboard or something. But he went to a terrible place after his death. He went to this black emptiness until he then decided to pray. He went, okay, well, I've never believed in anything, but now I need help. So somebody come, help me. And he had this experience of Jesus Christ in light coming in with the Christ light and saving him and he survived and he then went on to become spiritual. So I, I, you know, I can't vouch for his experience, but I can say that I've seen the other side. I see it a lot all the time, in fact, and it's beautiful and we co-create it too. We create our experience all the time. So people think, Oh, I don't believe in this and that it's like, well, that's your choice. But if you believe you have to believe in order to see, because it's a co-creation, we are the divine made flesh. So ask yourself, you know, if the unknown and not necessarily death, but say your future, you, you fear the future because you fear the unknown. We've been taught to think that the unknown or what we don't know is scary. Like some people are afraid of spirit. I used to be because we, we think, oh, it's going to be all demons and stuff like that. Right. But imagine if the unknown, instead of being perpetual darkness, was perpetual beauty and light and amazement. And then you get what you expect if you believe that there's something amazing coming for you. Like even in your daily life right now, I get my clients to do this, um, just an imagination process where imagine that you don't know what's around the corner, but something really miraculous and amazing, like the best thing that ever happened to you is about to drop into your lap. Imagine what that would feel like and connect to just that feeling in your body, that feeling of excitement of, oh my God, I can feel it in my waters. I don't know what's coming, but it's going to be better than I expect. That's the energy we need to be in on this planet right now, because we are going into an amazing new future. So if you imagine, even just for your own life, that the best, most possible thing is coming to you, it's going to be effortless. It's going to be easy. It's going to lift you up out of your gloom. It's the promise of hope. It is the alignment of your destiny and start getting excited about it. Keep feeling excited like a beautiful sunrise on the horizon, the most beautiful thing ever. And then you literally, you're not just a passive bystander in your life. 
then you are steering the whole earth and your life towards the best possible future. And that's as easy as it is. Love it. How do we connect to our angels? You literally, you don't even have to ask out loud. You just think the thought. You can even just think the word angel in your mind. And two seconds before you even have the thought, they're already there. They already know. They're already around you. Um, but you can work with them consciously. You can test them as well. You can ask like I did. Show me evidence. I need proof. Show me a sign. Show me more than one sign. And when you get the sign, ask for more. You know, I, you know, you, you want to elbow the person next to you and go, oh, my God, did you see that? But no one will get it. They'll, they would just think you were probably a bit crazy. But it's a personal, um, it's like a personal joke between you and the universe. You know, Barbara. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you very much for being on a podcast. My last question for you is where can listeners find you and get in contact with you? Oh, so my website is alexandrawenman.com and I have about six or seven free gifts on there that you can download when you sign up to my newsletter. Um, I'm also prevalent on Instagram. It's alexandra at alexandra c. Wenman. And I have a YouTube channel. And Barbara, I would love you to come on my show at oh. some point. So it's, uh, it's called the Alexandra Wenman Show on YouTube. If you just type in Alexandra Wenman, there's only one of me on YouTube. You'll find it. And there's loads of free meditations and interviews and lots of different things on there. Um, more information about the angels too, if you're curious. Thank you for listening. I hope you have enjoyed this episode and that you have gained a lot of information. As I have just launched this podcast, I have decided to give two lucky listeners a free psychic reading each month for the period of next three months. These readings will be a combination of a tarot and a psychic channeling. To enter, all you need to do is leave a review in the iTunes store, take a screenshot of it, send it to me on barbaramayshow at gmail.com, which is B-A-R-B-R-A-M-A-Y-S-H-O-W at gmail.com. As you may already know, um, reviews are very important for podcasts and they will help podcasts to expand and direct the important topics discussed to the appropriate audience. At the end of every month, I will announce the winner on my Instagram, which is at the Barbara May Show. So keep your eyes peeled and I cannot wait to see you on the next episode.